0: Log Talk Radio. Welcome back to Zion's Redemption Radio Network. Today we're going to be reading chapter 5 of the Teachings of the Doctrine of Eternal Lives. The ch- title of the chapter is Joseph Smith and Brigham Young knew more than they could teach. Joseph Smith stated, I could explain a hundredfold more than I ever have of the glories of the kingdoms manifested to me in the vision, were I permitted, and were the people prepared to receive them. Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith, page 305. Joseph Smith also stated, Brethren, if I were to tell you all I know of the kingdom of God, I do not know that you would raise up and kill me. As recalled by Parley P. Pratt in MS, volume 55, page 585. I don't know what MS me, uh, refers to. So, Anyway, Joseph Smith also stated, If I was to show the Latter-day Saints all of the revelations the Lord has shown unto me, There is a scarce man that would stay with me. They could not bear it. MS, volume 13, page 257. I, I wish that there was a key so that when they, like, don't give the whole, you know, like... I I understand DHC is Doctrinal History of the Church, you know. JD is Journal of Discourses. But, like, sometimes they bring in these these other books, and I'm like, okay, well, what's this book? I don't know what MS means. Maybe if you know what it means, you could uh, let me know in one of the comments, uh, either directly on the podcast, or uh, I post all of these in... Probably about seven different pages on Facebook and, uh, and a bunch of different groups. Anyway, Joseph Smith also stated, The design of the great God in sending us into this world and organ- organizing us to prepare for the eternal worlds. I shall keep in my own bosom at present. History of the Church, Volume 5, page 403. Also, Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith, page 30. Joseph Smith also stated, People little know who I am when they talk about me, and they never will know until they see me weighed in the balance in the kingdom of God. Then they will know who I am. They will see me as I am. I dare not tell them, and they do not know, um, and they do not know me, and that is is uh, reported by Zebedee Coltrane, quoting Joseph Smith. See Joseph Smith, the Prophet, the Man, page twenty-eight. Joseph Smith also said, "Brother Brigham, if I was to reveal to this people what the Lord has revealed to me, there is not a man or a woman." that would stay with me. Brigham Young quoting uh, Joseph Smith, Journal of Discourses, volume nine, page 294. Joseph also stated, if I were to reveal the things that God has revealed to me, if I were to reveal to this people the doctrines that I know are for their exaltation, these men would spill my blood. George Albert Smith, Quoting Joseph Smith in Journal of Discourses, Volume 2, page 217. So basically this book is just a compilation of quotes. And uh, so there will be a bunch by Joseph Smith, a bunch by Orson Pratt, or Heber C. Kimball, or whoever... Even all the way up to like Truman Manson and Dallin Oaks. But they're in different, uh, they're like grouped uh, according to the author. So right now all these quotes are from Joseph Smith. I have asked the Lord to take me away. I have to seal my testimony to this generation with my blood. I have to do it, for this work will never progress until I am gone. For the testimony is of no force until the test- testator is dead. People little know who I am when they talk about me, and they never will know until they see me weighed in the balance in the kingdom of God. Then they will know who I am and see me as I am. I dare not tell them and they do not know me. Joseph Smith is quoted by Mary Elizabeth Rollins Leitner, plural wife of the prophet, BYU, 1905. I I never really thought of the testimony is not in force until the death of the prophet. I wonder if that means that the spirit will not testify of the testator, because Joseph Smith was a testator, until he's dead. Maybe it would testify of the work that he was doing. I don't know. It's an interesting uh, statement, which I don't fully understand. Anyway, continuing on many men will are said he will say i never forsake you i will never forsake you and i will stand by you at all times but the moment you teach them some of the mysteries of the kingdom of god that are retained in the heavens and are prepared for them they will be the first to stone you and put you to death it was the same principle that crucified the lord jesus christ and will cause the people to kill the prophets in this generation. Would to God, brethren, I could tell you who I am. Would to God, I could tell you what I know, but you would call it blasphemy. And there are men upon this stand who would want to take my life. Teachings of the Prophet, or oh, while well, that's Joseph Smith Jr. is quoted by Heber C. Kimball, in Heber C. Kimball's book The Life of Heber C. Kimball by Orson F. Whitney page 322 and 323. Joseph Smith also said there, but there has been a great difficulty in getting anything into the heads of this generation. It has been like splitting hemlock knots which is a very hard wood, and the knot in the wood is even harder than the wood, with a corn dodger for a wedge, so basically a piece of cornbread for a wedge, and a pumpkin for a beetle, or basically a beetle's a hammer. Even the saints are slow to understand. I have tried for a number of years to get the minds of the saints prepared to receive the things of God but we frequently see some of them after suffering all they have for the work of God will fly to pieces like glass as soon as anything comes that is contrary to their traditions they cannot stand the fire at all how many will be able to abide a celestial law and go through and receive their exaltation. I am I am unable to say, but many are called and few are chosen. And quote the words of the prophet Joseph Smith by Andrew Ehat, page 319. That's a really good book by the way. Joseph Smith also stated, "If I should reveal the things that God has revealed to me, There are some on this stand that would cut my throat and take my heart's blood. And that was Joseph Robinson quoting Joseph Smith. See Joseph Smith the prophet, the man, page 28. Joseph Smith also stated, The Lord deals with this people as a tender parent with a child, communicating light and intelligence and the knowledge of his ways as they can bear it. History of the Church, Volume 5, page 402. So basically, the traditions of man limit God from speaking to them because they don't have a mind open enough to receive the deeper mysteries. Joseph Smith also stated, If a man gets the fullness of God, he has to get it, in the same way that Jesus obtained it, and that was by keeping all the ordinances of the house of the Lord. Men will say, I will never forsake you, but will stand by you at all times. But the moment you reach some of the mysteries, I'm sorry, the moment you teach some of the mysteries of God that are retained in the heavens, and are to be revealed to the children of men when they are prepared. They will be the first to stone you and put you to death. And quote the words of Joseph Smith, page 213. Joseph Smith also stated, Behold, he hath heard my cry by day, and he hath given me knowledge by vision in the nighttime. And day and by day have I waxed bold in mighty prayer before him. Yea, my voice have I sent up on high, and angels came down and ministered unto me. And upon the wings of of his spirit hath my body been carried away upon exceedingly high mountains. And mine eyes have beheld great things, yea, even too great for man. Therefore I was bidden, that I should not write them. That's second Nephi chapter 4, verse 23 and 25. I think that they have jo- uh, the Book of Mormon under Joseph Smith writings or things that he said because he was the translator I don't know so basically that was Nephi talking about these things I think it's interesting that he was caught up on on exceedingly high mountains I had a dream a couple of months ago and I wasn't caught up it was a dream I fully recognize that but it was a symbolic dream but basically I was upon this plateau and if you know what horseshoe Canyon is in the in the Grand Canyon it was kind of like that the north east and south side of the plateau I was on had this deep Canyon and down in the bottom there was something like the Colorado River and it went around this thing and like if I looked off to the west there was this ocean like the Pacific and it was really you know it's an ocean it's huge and I walked over there and I looked down and I'm a, I'm afraid of heights I get really nervous on ladders uh, I get really nervous when I am climbing on top of my trailers which I sometimes have to do I don't like it I hate it um it probably comes from falling out of trees when I lived in Okinawa Japan because I have specific memories of falling out of trees oh my gosh it hurts so bad I think I was 10 years old but anyway um I was I was up on this high plateau and the river was way down there but I went over and I looked at the water and that was way down there too but like I could see through the water down to the bottom which is really deep and so like if you've ever had the experience where you are on a diving board and you look down and the water is still and you can see the bottom of the pool now you're not probably not going to go all the way down to the bottom of the pool but you can still see it it's like instead of being 12 feet high you're looking down and it's an extra 10 feet or whatever it is so you're like 22 feet up from the bottom but there's water in the pool but it kind of it was like that i was looking down but this ocean was deep and I, I got down on my belly and I climbed out um, looking over this ledge because I was terrified to be up there. And I was thinking, wow, well, maybe I could jump down there like, because the water just looks so refreshing and cool. And I looked down and I saw that the ocean was held back by this dam. And way down there there was this farmhouse so far down that, if you take a marble and you hold it in your fingers, and you stretch your arm out as as far as it'll go, that was like looking down at this farmhouse, and I was thinking, "Wow, I'm so high up. This is amazing." And I climbed out a little bit more, and then I I saw that there was like that farmhouse was actually on a ledge. But like the whole farm was on this ledge and if I looked all the way down I got my head out there and I looked all the way down there was cities that were the same thing like you hold a marble out arm's length whole cities down on the earth were about the size of a marble and I was like thinking to myself I am even higher up than I thought that I was And then, um, so exceedingly high mountains, it just reminds me of that. But one of the things that kind of scares me, I've had my calling and election made sure. I have knelt under the hand of the Father, and I have embraced the Savior. So I'm not worried about that. But in this dream, the ledge, this rock ledge that I was like out on started getting cracks in it. And when I woke up, I was thinking about this dream and I was thinking that I'm going to fall. Like, and I can see it within myself. Like, I'm so worn out by the ministry and worn, about, worn out because of my health and worn out because of whatever job I'm doing. Like, for instance, today, it's 4.30 a.m. I started my shift at 1 p.m. today. I drove every chance I could get to make two loads now i'm in wellington utah i started near ioka utah which is west of roosevelt but i've been working all day long and i'm tired and i'm actually laying in my bed my twin size bed in the back of my semi truck in the sleeper right now hopefully you can't hear the engine i've got the curtains pulled and everything but I'm just tired. And as hard as I have been pushing with all that God has wanted me to do and not seeing a lot of fruit of all my efforts, it frustrates me. And I'm worn out and then I'm, I'm thinking The the cracks in the ledge that I was looking over as I was so high above the earth are cracks that eventually might give way and let me fall. And that worries me a little bit. But I'm not worried about my salvation because I know that God cannot lie. And when he sealed me up unto himself, when the Father sealed me up personally unto himself, I know it counts for something. Anyway, so I've been driving all day, and uh, I thought, well, you know what? I'm going to wind down now. Um, One of the things that really sucks about driving a truck like I'm doing is... I have to push every minute of my day to do my job. And sometimes I get stuck. So I'm stuck at the unload facility. I unloaded my trailers, but I finished right as I was running out of of time to actually go to the truck stop. And I was really trying to because they have showers at the truck stop and I would really like to take a shower, but I can't. So I uh, <laughs> I actually have uh, wipies, and I have a heater box and I heat them up and I, I clean off my everything with the wipes, and um, I've got mechanic wipes as well so that I can get all of the grime and junk off my hands but um, my life is not easy and I am so worn out and you know I was thinking and I know I'm going to get back to the reading in a minute but I was thinking I hauled coal for six years this last stint and for five years the stint before that so we're looking at 10 11 12 years of hauling coal. I don't remember exactly right now but somewhere around there and one of the things I noticed is when you got a pile of coal it generates its own heat and it will actually smolder and flame will burst out of the coal. And if you take the coal, the the chunks of coal, and you separate it from that flame, they'll just go out and cool off. But if you put the coal together in a pile, it feeds on itself, and for some reason, it'll just self-ignite. And I kind of look at church like that. That each, each of us are individually pieces of coal. And individually, we cannot sustain a fire. We need the ecclesia of God or the assembly of God or the church to meet together with and I don't have that. And when you take somebody out of the out of the fellowship of a ministry where they well, I'll just talk about myself. I don't have a church to go to. The last stake that I was in, I was threatened by the stake president that if I even spoke at church, they would have me trespassed. That that I would not be able to enter onto any church property. Now, you may not know this about me, but I really love to go to music and the spoken word. Before they started tearing the temple apart, I used to love to go to Temple Square. On numerous occasions, I have gone in a specific door at the Joseph Smith Memorial building and sat down in the congregation with Thomas Monson. Or um, Gordon B. Hinckley, Dallin Oaks, Russell Ballard. I know where they go to church at. I know how to get into those buildings because I was married to President Hinckley's niece. And we used to go visit President Hinckley, well, not all the time, but every once in a while. And so when he threatened that he was going to have me trespassed against the church for simply speaking, I, in fact, here's the thing that really upset me about the thing. I never spoke more about uh, a topic like if I was in gospel doctrine, like if they were talking about whatever book you know I would stick to the topic I wasn't going off on tangents or anything I never talked about the Adam God doctrine or any of the deeper stuff but I was a gospel doctrine teacher for a long time and I have studied the scriptures so in depth that I have a lot of insight without getting into some crazy Mormon theology that that I love by the way, I love Mormon theology but i i didn't there was no nothing to warrant him acting that way towards me, especially when the state and they have a file that goes from wherever my records are I like it follows me and uh In the file, the stake president, when I lived in Spanish Fork, which is the place I lived before I moved to the Castle del Stake, the stake president received communication from Thomas Monson where he told him to leave me alone even though I had been excommunicated for apostasy because I wouldn't sustain Thomas Monson, they told me that I could, uh, according to President Monson at the time, I was allowed to participate at church. But when I moved to the new ward, um, everybody loved me. And then one day the state president, uh, sends the bishop a communication and and I was told by the bishop that the state president decided that I should not speak in church. And, um, because of some things that happen at church, uh, just people finding out who I am, they'd call me, oh, you're the red-bearded Jesus, or whatever. I don't know, I, it's just, I, when we finally moved to the new place that we live now, we just left out. didn't go back to church. I've had my bishop uh, in the ward boundaries that I live in. He's come over a couple times and we've talked to him, but because of what happened at church, my wife hates going to an LDS congregation because she saw how they treated me. So we we go to a a Pentecostal church from time to time. Sometimes we go to a Seventh-day Adventist church. But I'm not with like-minded people. And when you take the coal away from the gathering of coal or the ecclesia or the, the church, eventually that coal is going to lose its light. And after a while, it's not going to be worth anything at all. And being separated from like-minded people, it it gets very difficult. Anyway, so we're at 29% right now joseph smith also said i will from time to time reveal to you the subjects that are revealed by the holy ghost to me history of the church volume 6 page 366 and no tongue can speak neither can there be any written by any man neither can the hearts of men conceive so great and marvelous things as we saw and heard Jesus speaking and no one can conceive of the joy which filled our souls at the time he heard us pray for us unto the Father. 3rd Nephi chapter 17 verse 7 But great and marvelous are the works of the Lord and the mysteries of his kingdom which he should unto us which surpasseth all understanding in glory and in might and in delight dominion which he commands us we should not write while we're yet in the spirit and are are not lawful for man to utter neither is man uh, capable to make them known for they are only known for they are only to be seen and understood by the power and spirit of God which God bestows on those who love him in purity and themselves before him. Sorry I'm like having a hard time staying awake. I'm gonna find a place to to call it quits for tonight, but to whom he grants the privilege of seeing and knowing for themselves that through the power and manifestation of the Spirit while in the flesh they may be able to bear his presence in the glory or in the world of glory sorry I'm really tired that's doctrine and covenant section 76 verses 111 114 all right i'm gonna have to call it quits right now but i'll be right back as far as you're concerned but um i am really tired so i'm going to take a nap now i should be up in like nine hours but then i have to hurry up and go to work so all right thank you for listening everyone take care So it's a couple of days later, and I'm going to continue on with the reading. Um, For some reason, I said that was DNC section 76, 111 through 114. I don't know. I was falling asleep. So it was actually DNC 76, 114 through 118. But continuing on with the reading, we're at 37% right now. And when they shall have received this, which is expedient, that they should have first to try their faith, and if it shall so be that they shall believe these things, then shall the greater things be made manifest unto them. And if it so be that they will not believe these things, then shall the greater things be withheld from them unto their condemnation, behold, I was about to write them with all which were engraven upon the plates of Nephi, but the Lord forbade it, saying, "I will try the faith of my people third Nephi chapter twenty six verses nine through eleven so Moroni and Mormon were the ones who compiled the book they were they were writing from records that they had so everything that we have in the book of mormon is abridged moroni i think it was moroni it may have been mormon whichever one um they read the records and then they abridged them uh to put them on the gold plates that were made of a a golden alloy and uh when we get the full record, like, we'll get all the rest of it. I believe that'll happen in the millennium. But right now we only have the abridged stuff. And I think that when we get the the unabridged stuff, there's going to be some cultural things that people are going to be like, what? Because <laughs> they had a different culture than ours, and there's going to be things in them that are not like our culture. Um... And the only reason I say that is because I have the book of Lehi, and it is unabridged. Uh, God gave that to a seer, and that seer gave it to me. And I, am the, I think I'm the only person that has it. I think there might be a couple of others who might have it. I have um, abridged some of it and giving it out, but I don't give it out very often uh, because people aren't ready for it. And the stuff in it, the unabridged version of the Book of Lehi that not even Joseph Smith had, it has some stuff in it that it's just really interesting um, cultural things that people today might not understand. So, anyway, that's why I say that. Um, And no, I'm not going to give out the Book of Wehi at this time. It's not ready. Uh, People are not ready to read it. And um, I am very blessed that I have it. It it reveals some very important things that people um, might find interesting. Like, for instance... Um, Lehi was a member of the school of the prophets with uh, different prophets in Jerusalem and when King Josiah added his hold hold on yeah well so when King Josiah um, found his high priest found the, the book of the law of the Lord in the temple and then they convened a council and then they released the book to the people they did something that was very harmful to the Jewish people and what they did was they added many things and they took many things away from the book of the law of the Lord many things which are now in Torah were not originally in Torah when they were received by Moses and King David didn't have them and all of the people before King Josiah didn't have them because they're not from God. But a lot of people believe that that they are from God, and there's just there's things that are in there that aren't. They're not. They're just not right. And Lehi talked about in the Book of Lehi how um, how harmful it was that these things were in there, and they you know, the Jews later on, and this is all before the Babylonian captivity, that um, they would have all of these things that were written um, by King Josiah and his council that were not part of God's Torah, but that they would think that they were because they trusted in the arm of flesh and they trusted in the writings of King Josiah. And King Josiah is considered by the Jews one of the greatest kings because he did this, but he did things that he should not have done. So, anyway, continuing on with this reading, we're at 40% now. God shall give unto you knowledge by his Holy Spirit, yea, by the unspeakable gift of the Holy Ghost that has not been revealed since the world was until now, which our forefathers have awaited with our anxious expectation to be revealed in the last times, which their minds were pointed to by the angels as held in reserve for the fullness of their glory, A time to come in which nothing shall be withheld. Whether there be one God or many gods, they shall be made manifest. And that's from Doctrine and Covenants section 121 verses 26 through 28. Behold, ye are little children, and cannot bear all things now. Ye must grow in grace and in knowledge of truth. Doctrine and Covenants section 60 verse 40, and I think the reason he says that we can't bear these things is is partly because of our cultural ideas that would limit, like, if we read them with our cultural understanding and tried to lace in presentism with the way that they lived and their culture, like, I don't think people would think it was scripture. I think that people would say, oh, these guys were so much different than us. But the principles of the gospel are eternal. Uh, but God in his wisdom has kept many things hidden from, from us, even in this current time. Uh, continuing on, Behold, I have written upon these plates the very things which the brother of Jared saw, And there never were greater things made manifest than those which were made manifest unto the brother of Jared. Wherefore the Lord hath commanded me to write them, and I have written them, and he commanded me that I should seal them up. And he also hath commanded that I should seal up the interpretation thereof. Wherefore... I have sealed up the interpreters according to the commandment of the Lord. For the Lord said unto me, They shall not go forth unto the Gentiles until the day that I shall repent, or, they shall repent of their iniquity. And what iniquity is, basically, is when God lays out a path for us to follow and we leave the path, that's what iniquity is. It's leaving the path that God has, has uh, set out for us to follow and become clean before the Lord. In that day they shall exercise faith in me, saith the Lord, even as the brother of Jared did, that they may become sanctified in me. Then will I manifest unto them the things which the brother of Jared saw, even to the unfolding unto them of all my revelations, saith Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Father of heaven and earth and all things that in them are Ether chapter 4 verses 4 through 7 continuing on the people cannot bear the revelations that the Lord has for them there were a great many revelations that the people could bear them and that comes from Brigham Young quoting Joseph Smith in the Journal of Discourses uh, volume 18 page 242 Continuing on, we're at 51% if you're reading along. But I beg leave to say unto you, brethren, that ignorance, superstition, and bigotry placing itself where it ought not is oftentimes in the way of the prosperity of the church, like the torrent of rain from the mountains that floods the most pure and crystal stream with mire and dirt, and filthiness, and obscures everything that was clear before, and all rushes along in one general deluge, but time weather's tide, and notwithstanding, we are rolled in the mire of the flood, for the time being, the next surge peradventure, as time rolls on, may bring us to the fountain of the clear, as clear as crystal and pure as snow while the filthiness flood wood and rubbish is left purged out by the way history of the church volume three pages 296 and 297 it is my meditation all the day and more than my meat and drink to know how i shall make the saints of god comprehend the visions that roll like an overflowing surge before my mind oh how i would delight to bring to bring before you things which you never thought of the poverty and the cares of the world prevent but i am glad i have the privilege of communicating to you some things which if grasped closely will be a help to you when the clouds are gathering and the storms are ready to burst upon you like pearls or like pills of thunder. Lay hold of these things and not and let not your knees tremble nor your hearts faint. And that's the words of Joseph Smith, page 196. So there was a it was talking about the interpreters before and how um, God had the interpreters sealed up and that's basically the Urim and I and mean, everybody's flipping out about seer stones now, right? But I don't believe that Joseph Smith used the seer stone. I believe that Joseph Smith used the interpreters to translate the book until he didn't need them anymore. So... The interpreters were like a a crutch for the seer. And uh, certain seers don't need the yearman thumbum, but certain seers do, and it helps them to practice and get better in the gift of being a seer until the point where they don't need to use the interpreters at all. Um, I never have, have had to use the interpreters one. Uh, but the whole thing with the seer so- stone is yes, yeah, seer stones are real. Um, there is a, a whole book that you can read about the seer stones at Um, and I've had friends that have had to use seer stones and they use them. But I believe that Joseph Smith was trying to demonstrate kind of how the Urim and Thummim worked without bringing the Urim and Thummim out. And he used a seer stone to try to, like, show people how these things work. And from this one uh, journal entry... We get this idea that Joseph Smith used seer stones, and I don't think he really was using seer stones. I think he was just using it to demonstrate to the people what he was doing. And now we get people who don't know any better, who are not prophets, seers, or revelators. They are just uh, theologians who work by their own logic and try to figure it out. And then academics and all these people that try to say, oh yeah, well this one journal entry showed that Joseph Smith was using the seer stone instead of the Urim and Thummim. And I don't think that's the case. I mean, I could be wrong about that. um, But I don't think he used the seer stone. I think that he did use a seer stone and he understood that these things were real things. Um, but that that belief in that ancient folk magic actually made it so that he could believe and not doubt when he received the real bill, which was the year and So, and I kind of look at it um, like my life parallels that to a point. I was really into reading rune stones and tarot cards and crystals and all of that stuff before I met the missionaries for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and because of my own experience, I understood that there was something there, which later on I would realize was the false priesthood of Satan. But it helps me to understand that there was more to it. There was more to it that God could reveal. And maybe my mind was so open like a child to to receiving things, which probably I shouldn't have been dabbling with. But I kind of look at it like because I had an open mind to these things, God was able to reveal to me things which maybe somebody with, that w- didn't have such an open mind, they wouldn't have been able to receive it. So, anyway, continuing on, we're at 59% through the reading for today. I will also remark that I am sensible that no man can speak to a congregation of people upon any subject, only according to the intelligence that that is in the people. So basically saying, you know, when you're talking to certain people, like, you could share more, but they wouldn't be able to receive it because of their intelligence or because maybe they can't accept certain things, like we are just talking about, like, You know, they don't have believing minds that they have basically damned themselves up because of their traditions. And they wouldn't be able to receive the fullness of God's knowledge or glory. Or maybe even the culture of the day in which scripture was written. Continuing on, there are quite a number of this congregation who knew Joseph Smith the prophet. And he used to say in Nauvoo that when he came before the people, he felt as though he were enclosed in an iron case. His mind was closed by the influences that were thrown around him. He was curtailed in his wishes and desire to do good. There was no room for him to expand, hence he could not make use of the revelations of God. As he would have done, there was no room in the hearts of the people to receive the glorious truths of the gospel that God revealed unto him. Journal of Discourses, Volume 10, page 233 and 234. Heber C. Kimball talking about Joseph Smith, quote, I, have never, I never had the opportunity to give them the plan that God has revealed to me, And that comes from the personal writings of Joseph Smith, March 15th, 1839, pages 386 and 387. Without a revelation, I am not going to give them the knowledge of God, knowledge of the God of heaven. History of the Church, volume 6, page 475. Would to God that I had forty days and nights in which to tell you all history of the church volume 6 page 313 you don't know me you never knew my heart no man knows my history i cannot tell it i shall never undertake it meaning undertake the undertake to telling it anyway that was joseph smith in history of the church volume 6 page 317 I wish I could speak for three or four hours. I would still go on and show you proof upon proof. History of the Church, Volume 6, page 479. These are all quotes from Joseph Smith. Some people say I am a fallen prophet because I do not bring forth more of the word of the Lord. Why did I not do it? Are we able to receive it? No, not one in this room. History of the Church, Volume 4, page 478. Now we're going on to Brigham Young and things that he has stated. We're at 69%, so basically we have 31% for uh, Brigham Young and uh, 69% was Joseph Smith. But anyway, continuing on with the Brigham Young comments. But I w- I would not dare to tell you all that I know about these matters. Journal of Discourses, Volume 8, page 208. Continuing on, and I believe that Brigham Young was just mimicking Joseph Smith, personally. I could tell you much more about this, but were I to tell you the whole truth, blasphemy would be nothing to it, in the estimation of the superstition and overrighteous of mankind... However, I have told you the truth as far as I have gone. Journal of Discourses, Volume 1, page 50 and 51, and, and what he was talking about there. Like, these are clips, but like, he was talking about the Adam-God Doctrine. Yeah, it's a doctrine. It was taught from the pulpit, which is recorded in Journal of Discourses, Volume 1, page 50 and 51, where he talks about Adam being our God, Michael Adam. Anyway, continuing on, Brigham Young also said, the life that is within us is a part of an eternity of life and is organized spirit, which is clothed upon by tabernacles or bodies whereby constituting our present being, which is designed for the attainment of further intelligence. The matter composing our bodies and spirits has been organized from the eternity of matter that fills immensity. Were I to fully speak what I know and understand concerning myself and others, you might think of me to be infringing. I shall therefore omit some things that I would otherwise say to you if the power or if the people were prepared to receive them. Journal of Discourses, Volume 7, page 285. It is said to, the, to be eternal life, to know the only wise God and Jesus whom he has sent. I will tell you one thing, as Brother Hyde has said it. It would be an excellent path for us to go to work and find out ourselves. For as sure as you find out yourselves, you will find out God, whether you are a saint or a sinner. A man cannot find out himself without going without the light of revelation. He has to turn around and seek to the Lord his God in order to find out himself. If you find out who Joseph Smith was, you will know as much about God as you need to at present. For if he said, I am a God to this people, he did not say that he was only the only wise God Jesus was a God to the people when he was upon the earth was so before he came to this earth and is yet oh, man, Brigham Young is hard to read sometimes, just the way he talks it's, it's difficult uh, let me just say and it's going to talk about this in a minute but Moses was a God unto his people too, he was called an Elohim Elohim in he- Hebrew means mighty ones. It It's not, it, it is, El is uh, a name of God, and the heme makes it plural, but the Jews translate Elohim as mighty ones, and Moses was an Elohim. He was one of the mighty ones. But anyway, continuing Moses was a God, or an Elohim, to the children of Israel, and in this manner you may go right back to Father Adam. Journal of Discourses, Volume 4, page 271. Continuing on, we're at 80%. I will now say to my brethren and sisters... That while we were in, th- in winter quarters, the Lord gave to me a revelation just as much as he ever gave one to anybody. He opened my mind and showed me the organization of the kingdom of God in a family capacity. I talked it to my brethren. I would throw it out a few words here and a few words there to my first counselor. To my second counselor and the twelve apostles, but with the exception of one or two of the twelve, it would not touch a man. They believed it. They believed it would come. Oh yes, but it would be by and by. Says I, why not now? If I, if I had been worth millions, when we came into this valley and built what we now call the Old Fort, I would have given it if the people had been prepared to receive the kingdom of God according to the pattern given to Enoch. But I could not touch them. Journal of Discourses, Volume 18, page 244. That's interesting. I know that Enoch had a different kind of united order than Elijah did. um, And that they lived a different kind of united order than the saints did after the death of Christ. Um, But the principles are the same. Like they take care of the poor. um, They have everything in common. Which is something that Joseph Smith would try to teach the people. But Brigham Young wasn't getting it. Like, one of the things I have a problem with Brigham Young was, like, his wealth. He wasn't willing to give up his wealth to be in a united order. And in fact, Jesus said, you know, if, if the people want to be a Zion people, they must be equal in all things. And then in another place, Jesus says, It is not given for one man to own that which is above another, wherefore the whole world lieth in sin. But we see that Brigham Young was working on the second wing of his mansion when Joseph Smith was murdered. And that even after they got out into Salt Lake, he had like the Beehive House and the Lion House. He had mansions down in St. George. He had many buildings that were his. And when he died, his wealth was tied up so much with the church's wealth that it was hard for them to separate what actually belonged to Brigham and what belonged to the church he wasn't a Zion prophet and the people weren't Zion people either you know and I think he did the best that he could but actually I think he could have done better I mean, he had United Orders organized in different places, but he never was part of them. He never gave up his wealth. And as far as fruits go of being a true prophet, seer, and revelator, I think that that one is damning towards his claim. Of course, I don't believe he was a prophet, seer, or revelator, And I believe that everything that he tried to teach, he got from Joseph Smith. Or that he twisted to try to make himself understand what Joseph Smith was trying to teach. But I don't believe that Brigham Young actually ever received anything of his own accord. He may have. I mean, God is no respecter of persons, and we can all receive revelation, but I don't believe he was the Lord's anointed. Mostly because Jesus said he would reject the church if they didn't do what what you know, building the temple in Nauvoo, which they didn't do. Anyway, continuing on. You need exhorti- or exhorting rather than teaching. You have been taught doctrine in abundance and I have sometimes thought it a pity the Lord has revealed quite as much as he has. And I can say truly, and I can truly say that I believe if I am guilty in any one point in my walk before this people, it isn't telling them the things that they are not worthy of, that I have given unto them things that they could not receive. For this reason, I deemed it mainly needful to stir up your pure minds By Way of Remembrance, Journal of Discourses, Volume 7, page 238. Continuing on with Brigham's quotes, there are other revelations besides this, meaning the one on war not yet published to the world. In the due time of the Lord, the saints and the world will be privileged with the revelations that are due them. They now have many more, ...than they are worthy of, for they do not observe them. The Gentile nations have had more of the revelations of God than is, is their just due. I will say, as I have before said, If guilt before my God and my brethren rests upon me in the least, it is in this one thing that I have revealed too much concerning God and his kingdom and the designs of our Father in Heaven. If my skirts are stained in the least with wrong, it is because I too free, because I have been too free in telling what God is and how he lives in the nature of his provinces and designs in creating the world, in bringing forth the human family on the earth. His design constructs Designs concerning them. I'm sorry, it's really hard for me to read this guide. I just, it's difficult, but we're pretty close to being done. We're at 93%. And um, like I've said before, if you want to go read this for yourself, I always uh, provide a link in the podcast for you to go to Tumblr. And you click on that link in the podcast description and you'll find the text that I'm reading from today. So, excuse me. If I had, like Paul said, but if any man be ignorant, let him be ignorant, perhaps it would have been better for the people. When a truth is presented to an intelligent person, he ought to grasp it and receive it in his faith. There are revelations, wisdom, knowledge, and understanding yet to be proclaimed, and whether they will please the world or not is immaterial to me. And that's Brigham Young. It was recorded by the Deseret News, June 27, 1860, and it's also in the Journal of Discourses, Volume 8, Page 58 and 59. Continuing on with the, I think, the last quote. Yep, this is the last quote. Let me just get back to the top. Okay, so this is the last quote by Brigham Young and the last quote for this reading for today. How much unbelief exists in the mind of the Latter-day Saints in regard to one particular doctrine which I revealed to them and to which God revealed to me, namely that Adam is our Father and God. I told the people that if they would not believe the revelations that God had given, he would suffer the devil to give revelations that they Priests and people would follow after. I have seen this, or have I seen this fulfilled? I have. I told the people that as true as God lived, if they would not have truth, they would, they would have error sent unto them, and they would believe it. What is the mystery of it? And that comes from Deseret Weekly News, volume 22 pages 308 and 309 which is given June 18th 1873 so about three or four years before Brigham Young died of old age and then um, I, I guess I got to say a little bit something about this because the people wouldn't accept the Adam God doctrine that was taught to them Brigham Brigham Young received it from Joseph Smith. Joseph Smith kind of talks about it um, in different places, but then Brigham Young really brings it to light because of what he received by, by Joseph Smith, I believe. And the people couldn't accept it because of their traditions. shortly after the death of Brigham Young during the administration of John Taylor people began to believe that, that Jesus Christ and Jehovah were the same person, even though there's a couple of places in scripture that completely contradict this idea for one, Ether chapter 3, Ether talking about um, How Jesus says, I've never showed myself unto anyone before this point, and this is my spirit being. Well, that was after the flood that that happened, during the time of the Tower of Babel. But Jehovah had appeared many times to the people after the flood and before the flood with a body. Which was different than Jesus Christ's spirit body. It was a physical body that they saw that that Abraham sat down with Jehovah and ate food with him, which a spirit cannot do. But in Moses chapter 1, verse 6, um, Jehovah is talking to Moses and saying that, Moses, you are in the very similitude of mine only begotten son. Well, modern Mormons believe that jesus and jehovah are the same person so who is jesus's only begotten son he doesn't have one because he is the only begotten son but if you understand multiple mortal probations the the uh the um progression of the gods and the adam god doctrine Then everything is laid out for you and things begin to fall into place. But see, those things were attacked by Satan within the church and the church gave them up because they couldn't handle the truth. And so now in the modern church you get Jesus being the only begotten and that he is Jehovah at the same time. But like I said, in Moses chapter 1 verse 6, Jehovah tells Moses that, that Moses, you're in the similitude of mine only begotten son. Now, who is the only begotten son of Jehovah when you understand correctly the Adam-God doctrine? The only begotten son of Jehovah was Michael. And Michael was a redeemer on an older earth. And when Michael finished his mission as being a redeemer, he moved to the position of being a father. And he took upon himself the name of Adam to fulfill his role of of being the father, which Jesus Christ will also do. But that Jesus Christ is the only begotten son of Michael. So it's really difficult for people to understand these things when they believe the false doctrine that Jesus and Jehovah are the same individual if they're not. So anyway, I know that's a lot to deal with. Um, when we come back for the next episode, we'll be in chapter 6 of uh, the teachings of the doctrine of eternal lives and that chapter six is called on the potter's will so thank you for listening take care everyone god bless and goodbye lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess haha in my dentist's office